Welcome to episode 104 of Crack the Customer Code. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash customer code. I'm Jeannie Walters, and I'm here with the ruler of repairing bad service, my <laughs> co-host, Adam Toporek. Hi, Adam. Hey, Jeannie. The ruler of repairing. It's the alliteration of the R's that makes it I, remarkable. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to run out. <laughs> they might start getting really weird. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you said they might start getting weird. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You've been you've been a chic. You've been some other things. So. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, you know, we have a great guest today, and uh, it's Pat Helmers, and he's got a podcast called Sales Babble. And I met Pat because I was actually a guest on the Babble. Excellent. And it was fun. And, you know, I talked to him. We had a great conversation over there. And I think that episode will be coming up in a few weeks. And I just thought, hey, you know, he would have a lot to offer our listeners. He's got some really interesting insights into sales and into sales in the, the modern landscape. So uh, we've got him on the show today. Excellent. It's really exciting. It's a good conversation. And before we get to that, you like to have conversations, don't you, Adam? I do, whether I'm speaking one-on-one -on -one with Eugenie with no one listening <laughs> <laughs> or with our huge, massive podcast audience listening. That's right. Or when I'm speaking at your next conference or meeting. <laughs> I, know, I needed my infomercial voice, right? <laughs> well done. <laughs> Thank you. Anyways, my keynote speeches on customer service and customer experience are designed to energize and inspire your audience and to provide actionable takeaways that teams can use immediately to deliver hero-class customer service. Whether to an audience of business leaders or frontline employees, my talks explore how we interact with customers using some of the latest research in customer experience, psychology, and neuroscience. I love me some neuroscience. I know. I wanted a big, like, booming infomercial, like, overdub voice <laughs> for neuroscience. So, hire me to speak and your audience will leave energized, enthused, and ready to take action. Want to rock your next event? Go to KeynoteSpeaker.Rocks. That is KeynoteSpeaker.R-O-C-K-S. Excellent. <laughs> and we have new sponsorship packages, which could help your message be heard. Check them out and join us at CrackTheCustomerCode.com slash sponsor. So I mentioned Pat, and we had a great conversation on Sales Babble, and now we are here to talk with him, and we had a great conversation with him here, and really talked about the intersection of sales and customer service, and uh, how not to annoy people on LinkedIn. And I think it's a great kind of full circle discussion about how some things that are old are new again, and some <laughs> things that are new are still not that great, but it depends on how you approach it, and he has some... He has a wonderful kind of approach to not just sales, but life and experience and everything. So I think people are really going to enjoy this one. Stop the LinkedIn spam. <laughs> All right. Well, Pat is the author of The Selling with Confidence Sales System. He believes great sales is based on having the mindset, I'm here to help and add value. He believes that anyone can become a skilled seller with their current personality. I, <laughs> I like that. Even you, Adam. Oh, I knew it was coming. <laughs> I so knew it was coming. I mean, you set it up. For yeah, it's like I, a I softball. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, personality or not, by drawing upon their passion for their business, they too can become a master seller. Pat is the host of the weekly Sales Babble podcast. He is a former Bell Labs software developer, inventor, account executive, and vice president of sales for two startup technology companies. So please join us in in welcoming (laughs) Pat Helmers. Hey, Pat, how are you today? So glad to have you. Hey, Adam, I'm doing great, and I really appreciate you having me visit you guys today. Well, we're happy you're here. We are, and you, know, you and I have spoken before. I was, on, I was on your excellent Sales Babble podcast, and something you and I previously discussed is the intersection of sales and customer experience. And I know you come from a traditional sales background, so do you think there is a disconnect between sales teams and understanding how the sales process sets up the overall customer experience. Absolutely. <laughs> but Good I, answer. <laughs> you know, but I think sales teams really appreciate it because um, the only way you're going to get um, referrals and references is if your customers, especially your new clients, have a phenomenal first experience. Absolutely. So, you know, when you've worked with sales teams, have you seen, you know, sales leaders, sales managers that have that disconnect that really just like churn and burn? They don't really get that they're part of a sort of holistic experience. Yeah, um, I have. I've seen some salespeople, you know, they really see it as, you know, once they get the deal, once they get the purchase order, they're ready to move on. And uh, because that's how they're they're, they're compensated. Um, you know, a great sales management team builds a compensation in a different manner. Sometimes people want to do the right thing, but if the money isn't aligned at the same way, uh, these kinds of behaviors really don't happen, I think. Uh, absolutely. And so when you are looking at uh, the best salespeople, most of them do take that approach of basing things on relationships and not just transactions. But sales is traditionally set up in a certain way so that people have very transactional goals, right? They have to meet certain quotas and everything else. And so how do you get the traditional sales team or sales manager, how do you get them to really understand or see the value of building those relationships instead of basing things on those transactional outcomes? That's, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think, I think what it has to go to is you have to share what the value is that the sales manager and the sales teams are going to see. The easiest person to sell when it comes to, to, to making a deal is somebody you've already sold to in the past. Isn't that right? And, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And because they already know you, they know what you have, they know what you've got. And um, that all that work that goes into finding leads and prospecting, you know, and cold calling and trying to set up an appointment and get your presentation, all this, this is a, it's a heavy lift to get them to become your customer. But once they're your customer, it's easy for you to call them up and say, hey, I have something new. I have something uh, hot, a variant, something you might find of value. Would you be open to have a conversation? They would say, sure. And they might have it right then and there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's been my experience for sure. Building that relationship stuff up. So, so once you kind of have that in your mind, that that's a goal, that it's easier to resell people, to upsell, you know, people that you've already sold to before, 
then it's uh, incumbent upon you to make sure that they are really onboarded properly. So the kinds of things like that I've done in the past is that uh, it actually becomes part of the sales process. So as you're closing on these people, you're asking questions like, you know, you know, well, who would be the people that we, how, how would you, I used to sell um, uh, information management systems for schools. Mm-hmm. That was one of the products that I saw. Um, and I have another one saying, anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> the part of these, <laughs> these projects was, is that you would say things like, we have to get training in place. Who would we talk to about training? Who would we talk to about importing the data and exchanging the data? Who would we talk about how to set up the configurations? And there's commonly, in, in enterprise sales, there's lots of different people. You've got to get all these people aligned. You're getting these people aligned so that support people you know, can, would have the right people to talk to. And you would explain to them, we have this whole process. This is the way uh, they're going to reach out to you. This is what they're going to look for. They're going to send you some documentation. They're going to set up a telephone call with you. You know, these are, these are powerful things that we used to do to make sure that our customers really had a really great relationship. Because we, cause, cause quite honestly, if you just kind of winged it, things would get forgotten. Mm-hmm. Managing any other project, you know. Um, you have a set of goals. You have uh, a set of order that things go into. Some things are pre- prerequisites for others, and you gotta gotta move those along. Well, you know that's you're really talking about very specific customer service and customer experience principles, and I think that's great that you are doing that as you know the sales part of the organization because so many times that you know sales is like all right, well we closed them. Uh, you're going to be getting a call from Department X sometime. But the things you're talking about, setting expectations for the client, number one. Number two, doing what we call a warm transfer, you know, making sure that you are the conduit between the client and the next step in the process. I mean, that's so important, and it's great that you were looking at that as salespeople. And I think that's one of the challenges we see in customer experience is sales teams not getting that. It's because they're not going to the first principles of, like, what are you there to do? You're there to sell stuff. And you want to sell stuff that's as easy to sell as possible. And the people that are the easiest to sell are people that you already have as clients. Mm-hmm. Or this. There's the other thing. You may have clients, if they have a great experience, then you can ask them for what friends do you have in the industry that may also find value in the things that we provide, the things that we sell. And they would give you a set of names. <laughs> <laughs> so, just say, hey, Adam, uh, I was talking to Jeannie the other day. Jeannie's one of my clients. She loves what we're doing. I, from what Jeannie tells me, what we have could be of value to you. Do you have a moment next week for us to meet and chit chat chat about this? Mm-hmm. Would you do that, Adam? <laughs> of course, Pat. <laughs> I think know, we just made a sale on a podcast. Exactly. <laughs> And you know, that's perfect. That's a great segue into what I wanted to ask you about next because you mentioned the hard lifting. And that's obviously one of the ways to make it easier when you talk about prospecting is a, you know, a referral from an existing client. Now, and I feel like I'm pretty good at sales, but I've always struggled with prospecting. It's taken years for me to get better at it. And I still think I have a lot to learn. And I know it's an area where so many salespeople just find the greatest challenge. It's just the hardest part of it. So what are some of your tips, particularly in the modern environment? You know, everybody talks about, oh, we'll be on LinkedIn, do this, do that. What right. are your tips for finding leads and qualifying them? Well, it depends upon the business. Um, I'm always of the notion, like, if you want to go trout fishing, you have to go to a trout stream. <laughs> you don't go to a lake. Right. 
So you have to go to the places where your, your prospective clients hang out. And that might be on Facebook. It might be on LinkedIn. You know, it might be at, it, you know, at conferences and think, think things of that event. Um, a lot of the people that I have worked with before are on LinkedIn, but they're not very engaged on LinkedIn. So sometimes you have the notion of like you try to you, tr- you try to friend them on LinkedIn, try to connect with them, and then send them a message, and and just try to try, try to strike up a little conversation, and and maybe you would give them something free, you know, an article that you read that you might think are value, and then spring on them would they be open for a conversation, just to get to kind of get to know one another. I really like doing that. Unfortunately, that's kind of a slow. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they never connect with you. And sometimes I'm amazed that somebody will connect with me and I'm like, oh, I reached out to them six months ago. They just finally logged in. Right. Got- <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm relieved to hear you say that's the approach on LinkedIn because it seems like lately I'm getting so much spam. Um, people who I don't know, who I have no connection with, who clearly don't understand the business I'm in, who are reaching out through LinkedIn messaging and saying, we could help you with this. And they, they have no idea what my needs are. They clearly don't understand my business. And they're just pushing on me. And I think that's kind of the stereotype, yeah. unfortunately. Um, and so how, what are some of the ways you can sell without selling like that? <laughs> yeah, especially on LinkedIn because there is a lot of spam lot and unfortunately. Un, uh, I don't know, unqualified prospecting, even from yep. legitimate companies. It's just, it's just terrible. Yep. Well, I can't stop bad people from connecting with you. Bad sales. No, unfortunately. I wish you had that superpower. Yes, we would hire you. <laughs> <laughs> but as a seller, there's here's something that you could do that's of value, is that commonly if I was reached out, I'd say, Jeannie, uh, I see that you and I are both in sales and that you and I went to the same under school. Mm-hmm. We have a lot in common. I'd love to con- I love connecting with people um, you know, who are into sales and marketing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so that, so I'm not like immediately saying buy my crap. Right. <laughs> Wait, sounds like you're trying to build a relationship. <laughs> so here's the mindset to have when it comes to LinkedIn. It's like you're at a networking meeting or a cocktail party and you're just kind of, and there's a lot of people out there, but you're, you're next to somebody and you reach out to them and you'll ask them about, Hey, where are you from? What are you, mm-hmm you about what are you guys working on and, and you would ch- you would chit chat about things like that and you'd have like a real conversation you wouldn't turn to a total stranger and say i got great stuff would you want to hear about it it's so true <laughs> you, haven't, you haven't been to a chamber meeting in a while <laughs> <laughs> how many times you meet somebody at the chamber you know immediately start to sell you insurance or something yeah, yeah. it's always Not insurance <laughs> I, I i don't mean to there's some great people out there doing this but but, oh, but, there but are, but they, yeah, it's right. you're, you're so correct. Qualified client. Because mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. what you're trying to do here. Is what a great salesperson to, is trying to do is to qualify them, um, is to try to see whether or not you are the kind of prospective client that I'm looking for. If not, then you can chit-chat about the weather or kids or you know whatever common things that you have. Mm-hmm. But the same thing is true. But on LinkedIn, you can see a little bit about them. You can look at their industry. You can see if they're a good match. Uh, when people reach out to me and to connect without anything, I commonly will accept them. But I will send them a message back. I will say, hey, thanks, Adam, for connecting with me. I really appreciate it. What about my profile did you find of interest? Hmm. And what's good about that message is, is that they may very well be a prospective client. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to 
turn anybody down. In mm-hmm. fact, you want to make sure LinkedIn has everything on it that your business card would have on it. And by that, I mean your email address, your website, your telephone number, all that stuff should be on there. So it makes it easy for people to find you. Don't worry about selling people trying to, salespeople trying to sell you. Worry about your customers or prospective customers trying to find you. Right, right. Right. No. Well, and I think that's the difference because I've had people who certainly reach out and connect with me on LinkedIn who I don't know. And oftentimes they're responding to something like an article I wrote or something like that. And they say, I like that. Let's connect. I'm very happy to do that. Uh, yeah. The ones that I feel like are off the charts now are the random uh, inbox messaging that start with like, I know. You you probably need more clients. We're here to prospect for you. And it's like, actually, you know nothing about my company. And <laughs> if we got too many clients, that would be a problem. So it's it's really about uh, yeah. understanding how you're reaching out and, and what you're doing there. So I think I, I like what you're saying about making it easy and kind of removing the friction of somebody who does want to find you, because that's something that I think we often that's almost like a casualty of the the bad sales people <laughs> because we we tend to close all that stuff off thinking that we're going to be inundated um by folks who don't really know us but i i like what you're saying about make it seamless make it easy because that's something we probably don't think about enough now i'd like to add one more thing which is probably goes against the grain of a lot of people <laughs> but i <laughs> Do it. We're contrarians here. What do you got? I actually found a lot of value in cold calling him on the phone. I was literally just about to ask you how you <laughs> felt about old school techniques. <laughs> but there's a way of doing it that's not pushy. And the way that I really like, and because I kind of get frustrated that LinkedIn's taking too long trying to connect with somebody, I will, I, I'll just call them up. I'll just call people up and I'll say, hey, look, I'm looking for some advice. I'm not really sure if you're the right person. Um... I'm looking for someone, some, some, what, what I'm doing right now is right, right now I'm doing business development for a client that does business planning. And I'll say something along the lines like, we have a business planning piece of software that we sell. It's a cloud computing thing. And, but I will ask them, do you folks do business planning or is that something that you provide as if I'm maybe a customer of them? And people are very open. They'll just start telling you all kinds of things. You know, and then I'll let them talk for 10, 15 minutes and then I'll go, you know, well, this is what I'm really doing. And then they might say, well, that's not me. It's somebody else. And, that, and that's great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Open often's up like, well, can I send you some information on this? Can I follow up on you? And then maybe the second or third, e- once I got their email and I started talking with them, we kind of have a, a, a relationship now. Now, maybe, you're, maybe Adam wasn't right the person, but Adam would say, you know, Jeannie's the person you want to talk to. So then I'd call you up and say, hi, Jeannie. Adam recommended that I give you a call. He should say that every time, really. <laughs> <laughs> I always do, Jeannie. <laughs> People listen, and they go, you know, Adam said that you guys kind of do this stuff and kind of do that stuff. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll, let, I'll get you talking. So I'm all of the notion of like trying to get the other person to talk about their business for 10 or 15 minutes before I actually spring on them what I am. Hmm. That's, well, that's, uh, I think we're going back to Dale Carnegie 101. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, it, it really, it's, that's it's, what amazes yeah. to me. And oh, I, think, I think you and I talked about that before, that, Pat. Look, I reread that book last summer. 
I'd read it a long time ago. It is just as fresh today as it ever was. It is timeless. It is an unbelievable book. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think you, you and I talked about that when we spoke, Pat, I, I, I believe, which is yeah. that yeah. The, the basic principles still haven't changed. It's just the, the communication channels and the execution and the landscape. But the basic principles really oh, yeah. are still the basic principles. And this is a lot of what Jeannie and I talk about with customer service and customer experience. I mean, you have to adapt to the fact that there's Facebook and Twitter. And some of those things have changed a little bit how you approach people because it's a totally different communication medium. But in well, the end, it's about showing interest in them and finding common ground and all of those basic principles that we've all been using for 20, 30 plus years. See, I think great salespeople, if they have the same attitude that's, that support people have, right? And what, what is that attitude? The attitude is, I'm here to help, and I'm here mm -hmm. to add value to your business. If you take that mindset as opposed to, I'm here to sell you crap, mm -hmm. then it just makes it much easier to know what to say and when to say it, how to say it, you know, how to be, really be present to the person when you're talking to them, um, and if you do that, people will connect with you and people will buy stuff from you. They will. Well, and I think on the other, on the receiving side of that, you can really tell. You can, we all know right away if somebody's just there to try to sell us crap, to serve them. Right. And that's what we react to, I think, in a negative way. And if somebody really is genuinely interested in us as people and what, we're, what our businesses are trying to do and, and adding value to that, that's a much different experience and that's a much different relationship from the onset than somebody who barges in and starts talking about themselves, <laughs> which is basically what some of these people do. <laughs> Absolutely correct. You know, if you, I, I think of it this way. If you haven't in your life told somebody, hey, my product's not a good fit for you, I'd love to sell you today – but it's just it. I, now that I'm talking to you, it's not a good fit. Then, you, yep. then that, that, that's what, that's one hallmark of a really good salesperson. Somebody who doesn't just try to make that sale mm -hmm. when they know it's not a good fit. It's yep. good for the salesperson too. They can let this this they can let this lead go and move on to one that's much more likely to close. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, it's this has been great. <laughs> oh, sorry, Pat. <laughs> I broke up a little it's there. It's a win-win for everybody. Exactly. Yes. You're well, right. It sounds like you're ready to wrap it up. Well, I was going to ask you one final <laughs> capstone question because, um, you know, sales really has changed based on you know, everything we've talked about here today. Um, the basics are the same, but a lot of the landscapes change. So if you could give one piece of advice to a young person who is considering sales as a profession, what would it be? Do it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's the right attitude for sales, too. <laughs> Beautiful. I profession to go into. You, if you're, if you like, if you like helping people, if you like, if you're a competitive person, um, if you're tenacious, if you're really good about sticking with things, and if you're, and if you're pretty sharp and you can see things that other people can't, you can be very successful in sales. Wow, that's awesome, perfect. That's just a, a great way to summarize everything. So, thank you so much for being with us today, and uh, you know, I can't wait to hear more from your uh, podcast as well, because I know you have a special guest coming up named Adam. So, <laughs> <laughs> it, And I, I don't know when you're going to broadcast this, but it may already be published. That's true. That's true. We'll make sure to include whatever we have in the show notes there so people can find that episode as well as many more, which are great. Uh, so thank you so much for being here with us today, Pat. Thank you for having me, Jeannie. Thank you for having me, Adam. Thanks, Pat. Great stuff. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Okay, so that was our interview with Pat Helmers, and we forgot to ask him where you can find him on the internet, but fortunately, we know the answer to that question. So you can find Pat at salesbabble.com, and what's even better is Pat has a special gift for our listeners, so make sure to check out salesbabble.com slash crack the code. That is salesbabble.com slash crack the code, and you can get your free gift. We'll also have that link in the show notes. And finally, as I like to always say, we hope you enjoyed episode 104 of Crack the Customer Code. This episode was brought to you by Audible. Don't forget to sign up for your free 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash customer code. I'm Adam Tapork, and you can find out more about me at customersthatstick.com. And I'm Jeannie Walters. Don't forget, you can see the show notes for this and all the episodes. Subscribe and send us feedback. We love feedback at crackthecustomercode.com. Stay current on customer experience trends and insights by signing up at 360connects.com slash subscribe. And as always, until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.